Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Welcome to Leadership. And I wanted to introduce you to one of my very best friends. She is somebody who has changed my life And it's through this one thing that I'm not doing. That's right. It's a thing that I'm not doing. And it's so simple. And I want to share it with you because I will tell you what this woman has given me. She has given me clarity. She's given me energy. My creativity is back. I have more time in my day. Now you're probably like, who is this woman and what does she do? Well, her name is Diane Parham and she is, her business is for today's aging woman. And that's again, confusing, right? Where am I going with this? She is all about intermittent fasting. And the reason I'm bringing her here is because of everything I just told you. I have so much energy, clarity, and additional time in my day because I'm not having to do something such as eating, but it's a little bit more strategic than that, but not a lot. It doesn't add a lot of complexity. So Diane, I want to just jump right in and talk to you about why is this? Like, why is it giving us all of this? Um, Share a little bit more about what intermittent, intermittent fasting is and isn't. Okay. Well, what you just described is what we call in our community, doing nothing and embracing everything. And oftentimes we are so bogged down as people with this thought that we have that we're constantly having to feed ourselves. And it's not our fault. That's the way we've been conditioned to think. That's the way we've been misled to believe that our body system is supposed to function, that we're supposed to be feeding ourselves every couple of hours, or we're going to destroy our metabolism, or our body's going to hoard fat. And all of those things are just flat out not true. And when we really start to understand our body chemistry and understand what happens in the state of hungry, we can really do what it is you're experiencing. And that is free up our time and space, not have to chase down the next meal, not have to spend hours meal prepping and really enjoy what our body does when it is in a fasted state and really is energizing off of our own stored resources. And that's where really where intermittent fasting becomes a really powerful tool, especially for super busy people, because you're not having to chase down or carry around a meals that you have to feed yourself every couple of hours. You can really thrive in a fasted state for 20 plus hours a day and also reap a lot of healing benefits that come from that environment in your body as well. I love it. And it's sounds complex and it's really just that simple where you don't eat for certain hours in the day. And so I met Diane at a conference. She and I used the same system to run our businesses, which is fascinating. And I don't know why I was drawn to you, but you know, immediately at this conference, we do what I actually tell my listeners never to do, which is ask, what do you do? Because people <laughs> are so much more than what they do. 
except I was truly fascinated when she was telling me about intermittent fasting because all I'd ever heard was, you know, it's hard or it's complicated, all these myths really. Right. And just following her and literally I sat next to her in this conference. I followed her around like a puppy dog because I was so intrigued. And she got me into a uh, cold brew nitro brew mm-hmm. coffee as well, which is delicious if you haven't had any. Um, but what I learned was, wow, this is so simple. And just in the three days that we were together, I had so much more energy by fasting and have, you can still have coffee. You can still have some basic things, black, of course, and water. And I found I was actually upping my intake of water, which made me more energized in general. Right. And then when I got back home, it was so easy to continue to do. And the thing that I love, um, that I believe applies to everyone that's listening is in the business setting, one of the hardest things to do is eat well. It's just almost impossible. So you have a lunch meeting, right? And they bring in pizza and salad, but y'all, the salad is not good. It's just gross. And it's usually covered in terrible dressing and cheese and all this stuff that's just going to put you to sleep. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you have, you know, something that's equally as bad for breakfast because there's this breakfast meeting. Well, you can still go to those things and have a bottle of water with you. And you actually will accomplish more. I have yet to be at a lunch meeting where pizza is served and we cure cancer or something like that. It just doesn't happen because people are just drained after it. And the other thing that I used to do a lot was travel. I traveled all over the place. And in following Diane on social media, she and her family travel all the time. And that's when they fast the most because there really aren't great options. But if there are, they can grab something very simple. But typically, she just takes that time to fast. And I love it because she comes back from travel when a lot of us are drained. And she is that energized sense of calm. I've, I've seen it with my own two eyes. And no community could benefit from this more than leaders. And right. we were just talking before we got on, and I want you to talk about this. What are these people in Silicon Valley doing, these, these hardcore leaders? Because it was really fascinating what you were just talking about. Yeah, so there's a group of people in the, they're probably like the tech industry up in Silicon Valley, and they fast from Sunday evening until Friday afternoon because they're busy people and they want to be productive within their workspace. And so they don't bother themselves with eating and they've really figured out a way that they can thrive in a fasted state throughout their work week. And then they party like animals and feast away on the weekends when they have more time and they have more downtime and they're thriving in this environment and are, you know, cutting edge in in their industries and their mental clarity is on point and they're not constantly drained by oftentimes what food does to us and changing our own chemical makeup within our body system. So it's really fascinating when you understand the, the environment that takes place in a fasted state. And I think, you know, you alluded to, you know, the fear of fasting and it seems so complicated. And I think that's just because there's so much information out there and it can be a little deceiving on what really works and what doesn't work. And for a lot of people, it's just understanding the changes that happen in your body's energy system as you're transitioning from living a normal eating every two hour type of lifestyle, what's considered normal, to a fasted state. 
there's actually an energy changeover that happens. And if you're not aware of what that feels like and what that, what that looks like for you, that's where the scary part happens. And where a lot of people jump out of fasting because they don't know mentally and emotionally what to expect. And so when it feels a little bit uncomfortable, we jump ship thinking that it's not safe when we know that so many people are getting so sick from what it is they're doing in the feasted state and not really understanding that that the fasted state is really where we can take advantage of some healing. And so when you go from being the sugar burner, and for a lot of women, the sugar burner episode is how we've lived most of our life. A lot of women are hypoglycemic. You can't go more than two hours without eating, or even men as well. You know, when you get the hangries, right? And we think that that's a normal thing and that we need to feed that to make it go away. And that's really an indication that you have the early onset stages of sugar-related diseases, that your body's so addicted to sugar that it's like a drug. You can't go a couple hours without having a new fix or your body starts to go into withdrawals and that's what the hangries are. And that leads to insulin resistance and that leads to diabetes and that leads to things like Alzheimer's down the road. And so I think what we think is normal is what we feel comfortable in, but that's really the places that we should be questioning and then when you get that switch over from being sugar dependent and in those hangries and addictive into what is called fat burning stages where you're in that fasted state and your body's tapping into a lot of its own stored resources that it's, as its energy source, that's where you thrive. Uh, and we have another saying in our community called the energized sense of calm. When you're at an 18 or 20 hour fasted state and you have so much energy and so much mental clarity, it's amazing. It's like a feeling you never want to end. And my husband and I used to say like, we should bottle this and sell it, or it should be illegal or something like there's no better feeling than being in that energized sense of calm. And that's with going without food for hours. And if you think about the hangries and you think about sugar um, related type of dependencies, like just going two hours without food and not feeling good, we should question that. And why isn't more, why aren't more of us going longer periods of time where we actually have the opportunity to feel amazing, but that fear or uncertainty is kind of keeping us from being able to take advantage of that. That is, it's so true. And I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm actually in that state right now as we talk (laughs) and it is truly amazing. And you're right. The first week that I did this, I was definitely that person you were talking about that had the hangries and was like, mm-hmm. my body was like, what in the world? It's a legitimate, scary feeling. And, you know, sugar related um, addictive tendencies and heroin addiction are like, like they say that sugar and food addiction is worse than even a heroin addiction because you can't exit away from food. Like we need food to survive. So when you're addicted and you're dependent on that next food fix, it's a really hard thing to think about exiting, right? Because it's scary and it doesn't feel good. Um, And so that's where the education part of fasting is really becoming beneficial for a lot of people because we're eating ourselves to death, like literally. It's so true. Now, I want you to talk about the other thing too, and that's the A word, aging, because Mm -hmm. Diane has the craziest story about her aging process and how different it is. And y'all, she looks like she's in her thirties <laughs> and she is not. not. So I, you're either a vampire or you're fasting. I can't decide. I'm just kidding. Reversing the signs of aging. Is what yes. 
Yeah, I mean, so, definitely are. Yeah. So, you know, besides all of the health related benefits that intermittent fasting provides for us, it is also the fountain of youth. And it does really um, provide us an opportunity to what I call age successfully. Um, you know, I don't ever really want to reverse aging. Um, I love the season of life that I'm in. I'm in almost in my mid fifties. Um, and so we really want the opportunity to age successfully. And in today's world of, you know, the health and wellness community, aging is now defined as a disease. And when we think about that, that's a scary place to be, right? Because we all are going to age. And what fasting is really doing for the aging community is providing us an opportunity to decide how we age. We don't have to age like our parents. We don't have to age like our grandparents. We can really live a very youthful life, mentally, emotionally, and physically, as well as cognitively, by just incorporating something as simple as intermittent fasting to reverse all of the age-related things that we're not happy with. You know, and it starts with memory loss. Um, when I was sick before I started intermittent fasting, I could not recall my own kid's name as they were standing in front of me and I was in a full-on conversation with them because my brain was so damaged from being in a pre-diabetic state in my late 40s. Uh, I couldn't remember where I parked my car in a Target parking lot. I couldn't remember where I put my keys. I would leave my phone in the refrigerator with a video playing and have no recollection of where I left it. This is my mid 40s and it was all sugar and food related. And so as I started really incorporating the intermittent fasting concepts and understanding the, the health benefits of it, I was able to reverse all of that, including my diabetic state. And now as a mid 50 year old woman, I'm thriving not only physically and energy wise, but cognitively as well, I was able to reverse all of that pre-onset Alzheimer's type of conditions that a lot of us really just laugh off as midlife crisis or aging, or for a lot of women, it's menopausally, menopausally like connected, and it's not supposed to be that way. We are not supposed to age that way, um, and that's really where a lot of aging women especially are really benefiting from what intermittent fasting is doing for them because we're allowing our body the opportunity to repair itself um, in a fasted state. And when you really get into that fat adaptive level and reverse a lot of these sugar related diseases, you can actually put yourself into a position where you are allowing your body to eat away at dead and damaged um, cells in your body and recirculate cells as new DNA. And I think that's where this aging community is really benefiting um, because we have an opportunity to literally take years off of our life as DNA, you know, new DNA produced in our body. And, and I think that's the most fascinating part of fasting for, for a lot of people. Um, and aging today is different than it was even, you know, back in our parents' day. For me, I was aging at 48. And that was a really scary thing for me because I still have young kids. And so, um, you know, aging happens for us at such an early age now because of all of these food related diseases, whether it's an autoimmune disorder that's ailing you or diabetic type of situations with sugar related diseases, or, you know, cancer is rampant. Um, and intermittent fasting is really showing through scientific studies to help either slow a lot of that stuff down or completely reverse it and get rid of it on the cellular le level for us. Wow. That's, and what's so crazy is this is by not doing something right. Yeah. Not eating. So, and to me, 
I know we make some ridiculous amount of choices in a day. I don't know if you know, it's some insane amount, but our ability to make good choices waxes and wanes as the day progresses, right? right? So then you get to the evening and that's when people binge eat and they do really silly things. And honestly, think about this. If you took out your breakfast and your lunch, which sounds intense to a lot of people, but it's not. Those are decisions that you now no longer have to make. So you're saving energy that comes in the form of decisions. And then you're able to eat at night, you know, a great meal. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about because Mm -hmm. I know your community is very much like, well, when I do eat, what do I eat? What do I eat? Right. Um, You know, and that is a process. And I'm going to go back just a little bit to what you were saying, you know, about breakfast and lunch and doing nothing and just fasting. And, you know, there's a big difference between not eating and fasting. And uh, for a lot of people, they think, well, just because I didn't sit down and eat a proper meal, I'm fasting. And what we really have to understand about fasting is you have to put yourself into a chemically, um, into a state of fasting chemically, meaning that you are not producing new insulin responses in your body and you're not allowing, you know, glucose to be present. You're, you're creating an environment where that's all being burned away. And so I always like to make that clear. Like it's not just not eating. You really have to understand what it means to be in a fasted state and what type of things will knock you out of a fasted state. So that way we're not fooling ourselves by just starving ourselves. Right. So it's not starving yourselves. It's purposely putting yourself into a fasted state. And so, you know, what that does for us is it, like you said, it clears up our day. Like we don't have to make those decisions. And when my husband started fasting, he was scared about going to work and not having a meal. Like, was he going to be able to get through his day without having lunch? And so he, I said, well, just think about all the time you're going to save. Like, you don't have to wake up a half hour early to have breakfast. You don't have to spend your morning, like packing a lunch and taking it to work. And on your lunch break, you don't have to sit and eat. And so he just started experimenting and went to work with nothing but a cup of coffee and some water and found that he was actually like loving his day. He gets an extra 45 minutes of sleep every morning now. He does other things on his lunch break and really has been able to make his day so much more productive because he's not having to spend time deciding what to take for work or did I meal prep the night before and packaging up and stuff and taking it to work. And then his lunch break is free. He can do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to sit down and eat a meal. And for me, the big aha moment, um, you know, as a health and fitness coach, almost my whole adult life, I was always confined to what I was not allowed to eat. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're on some specified meal plan that someone developed with never thinking about you and what your life is. And you're confined to a certain calorie count that someone decided was supposed to be what we're supposed to be targeted for, or you're having certain portions or these types of foods aren't allowed. And what I really found as a mom and a woman, when I started fasting was it opened me up to have dinner with my family. Mm. I fasted when my family was doing their thing. Their kids are off at school, husband's off at work. I was in my own environment. I could make choices that I wanted to make. And I fasted all day. And then when it came time to have dinner with my family, I could do whatever I wanted because my feasting window was open and I could sit down and have the same meal that my family was having. And I hadn't quote unquote run out of calories yet because I wasn't eating those two you know, those, those meals every two hours throughout the day. So by the time the end of the day came, I opened up my feasting opportunity and can eat whatever my family was eating. And then the other amazing thing about when you're in a fasted state and you're allowing your body to heal itself internally is 
when you open up your feasting window and you incorporate something that your body is intolerant to or can't chemically break down, it sends you a signal instantly mm-hmm. and you'll be able to identify foods that are causing um, inflammatory type conditions for you or maybe things that are triggering autoimmune disorders. Um, and it really does make your body so much more aware of what it can no longer chemically break down. And so it's an amazing self-awareness opportunity as well. And you really get to know your body on such an intimate level because you become so much more conscious of how it is your body operates when you do put food in it. And I think a lot of times we operate so unconsciously and just do things without thinking about it. Um, and we, then we don't reap the, the feeling of whether what we're doing is good or bad for us. That is so true. And something we haven't talked about, and I haven't even shared this with you, but I, when I break my fast, food tastes so much better. It's like I enjoy it more and my body's like, yes. And I take that moment to savor it. And honestly, I don't need as much food as well, which is amazing to fill myself up, but you're right. A hundred percent. I definitely have some gluten intolerances that I've always sort of known, but embracing this process, I can tell instantly when I eat a piece of bread or like a piece of pizza I am zonked and I'm like, okay, there it is. That's the, there it is. So you're totally right. Yeah. And I think we don't, we don't understand what it feels to feel amazing. Yeah. I know that seems like an extreme like explanation of a feeling for a person, but you know, we're bogged down with work. We're bogged down with stress. We're bogged down with kids. We're bogged down with, you know, family. We're bogged down with all these responsibilities that we have that we're just always in this worn out phase. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you really transfer over your energy from that sugar burner to that fat burner, and you're thriving off your own, you know, body's ability to produce its own energy and you're clear in your mind, you absolutely feel amazing. And once you feel amazing, like you don't, you associate that with the choices that you're making. And then you look at things completely different and you're like, there's no way I'm going to risk this amazing feeling I have for that food thing. And I do think it helps us just really become so much more aware of what we're doing to ourselves because when you feel amazing, you don't ever want that feeling to go away. And I think a lot of people are being sold short because they don't understand what that actually feels like. That's so true. And here's the other thing that we haven't even talked about is that Diane and I both work out heavily. So it's not like we are just walk around the block kind of girls She lifts weights. She has a Peloton and does some crazy workouts on there. I am the same way. I don't own a Peloton, but I do crazy workouts Mm -hmm. all in a fasted state. Mm -hmm. And I feel amazing. Mm -hmm. So you're right. It's uh, there's again that myth because I know even on some of the workouts that I used to do early on, I work out in my basement doing videos um, because it's easier because it's first thing in the morning. And in the older ones, they would say, you know, make sure you have something before you work out, have a little something so you don't get nauseous. I've never gotten nauseous, like in my whole life from, from being fasted. It just, that's just not something I've experienced. Right. And um, I have been nauseous from like too much caffeine for, per se, but like first thing in the morning, drinking water or something, I'm, I feel so much better on that empty stomach. And I've played this game to just kind of, you know, experiment with myself. Okay, what if I eat something? And I really don't need that. I don't need that extra thing. And I know there's some health benefits as well to working out fasted. Right. Well, you just get, you know, you have enough 
storage in your tank. So we can literally go 40 days without new food intake. We can go 72 hours without water and minerals. So think about that, <laughs> how much we're eating and how much we have saved up in our own internal pantries. And that, that's what I describe it as. Like we have this pantry system built inside of our body that that is that includes like all the overeating that we have done, all the stored minerals we haven't been able to use, all the fat that we have accumulated. And we can literally go 40 days without putting anything new into our body as long as we have water and minerals and you know, specifically electrolytes. And so think when you think about working out, like why why do we work out to burn off the last meal we just ate, right? And a lot of times that gets us in trouble too, when we're not making conscious decisions about our eating, we're like, oh, we'll just work it off. Well, what if something happens in your day and you don't get a chance to work out? Now you've just justified a crappy meal with the anticipation of working out. And then what if that workout doesn't happen? Then we get into self-sabotaging and you know we get into all of those things. And so I really do like to teach that you should work out for tomorrow. Like, so everything we do in our workout session is so that we can function physically tomorrow, not because of what we ate yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then when you get that concept in your mind, like you don't need food, like you have enough to burn off in a workout session and everything you're doing is for tomorrow anyway, right? So I want to be able to, you know, oh, I have a water bottle I need to change in my kitchen, a five gallon water bottle. I don't need my husband to change that for me. I can lift it up and I can put it on, you know, I can go run with my dog. I can, um, I was just listening to a podcast the other day about a guy who talks about his Centurion Olympics, right? And he's training to be able to pick up his grandkids and he's doing these physical, um, very specific exercises, um, anticipating a toddler coming to coming at him in a running, you know, sort of movement. And can he bend down and pick up 30 pounds? And I thought, that's brilliant. Like we never think about fitness in that way, right? Can we bend down and pick up a child that wants us to pick them up? Can we put a water bottle on a water tank? Can we put our luggage in the overhead compartment? And how many years down the road do we want to be able to do that? And are we working out for those things, right? Or are we working out on an ego-based thing? Or is our workout just designed to make up for the last meal we ate? And it's really empowering uh, when you figure out how to work out in a fasted state and where your body really thrives in that, in that you don't have to work out as long. Workout mm -hmm. is no longer an emotional and mental torture um, because you're not punishing yourself for a bad decision. You're rewarding yourself for how you want to live your next day. And it really is an amazing mindset shift that you can make when you think about fitness in that way. It's your ability to move tomorrow. Um, and then when you don't have to work out for two hours to make up for a bad meal, you don't have to put another meal in yourself to get through your next workout. I can work out in 30 minutes and thrive um, and no longer have to spend hours in the gym. That's amazing. Now, when I started doing this and I was working out fasted, I was getting lightheaded and I will tell you what I figured out it was. It was not food that water. I was missing. It was water. Yes. I was not drinking enough water. And I know I have to have me personally, everybody's different. I have to have at least 75 ounces of water to feel good. Right. That's not, you know, feeling exceptional. That's just feeling good. That's bare minimum water for me. And if I miss even a few ounces of that, I can feel it to your point the next day. So it's important for me to have water. And I actually drink water a little bit before I work out 
during my workout and then all day long. And Diane and I actually uh, do the same thing where we make sure we get our first 25 ounces in before we have our cup of coffee. Yeah. And that to me sometimes is a challenge because sometimes I just really want that cup of coffee. So that means just down that water, girl, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I down it. And honestly, it makes such a difference in how my body feels. And so I want a lot of you that are maybe afraid of this to think about maybe you're not drinking enough water mm -hmm. and that a lot of your energy could actually be solved by, again, not eating that big breakfast, big lunch and intake, you know, really bringing that intake of that water up. Yeah. So, and yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think that if they feel fatigued in the middle of the day or they're not getting enough sleep or like I said, the hangries or whatever, we always associate with that with food. And really it is the lack of water. We, uh, we Most of us are walking around dehydrated. We're definitely walking around with not enough electrolytes in our system. Um, and so I teach drinking 100 to 150 ounces of water a day and a really just you know, stacking it throughout your day, we call it um, habit layering, like having these triggers throughout your day that will have you reaching for a bottle of water instead of your next fix of caffeine or your next fix of food and really using water as the way to keep yourself balanced out and, and energized throughout the day. That is awesome. Well, what is, if somebody could take away one thing and, and don't worry guys, I'm going to link up a lot of Dai's stuff in the show notes. So she actually has an online course. It's absolutely amazing. I've personally been through it. I'm going to link that up. And she also has a feasting guide. If this scares you in any way, you can see that she does eat and she eats amazing stuff. So I'm going to link up her everyday food. Yes. <laughs> her stuff looks amazing. Cause I follow her on social media and it's always delicious. I mean, I'm like, come to my house and cook. Cause it looks delicious. And, um, her children eat this too, by the way. So it's not like, you know, eating something crazy. Um, but I'm going to link all this up in the show notes so that you can kind of dip your toe in and see if this is for you. But I'm telling you, this has been a game changer for, my clarity, my creativity, and my time management. I just, it's, it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the thing I would say uh, for anyone who wants to dip their toes into intermittent fasting is to really do your research about what it means to go from a sugar burner to a fat burner and what that entails and the length of time that you have to go through it. Cause there is that uncomfortable three or four days once you get through that, then, then you're definitely home free. Um, for women, especially who are trying to reverse a lot of sugar-related diseases, um, insulin resistance, all those kind of things, fasting is the best way to, uh, to fix a lot of those things. And you can avoid having to go down the, the medicine route if you don't want to go there. And then just the, the energy and the mental clarity and all of the things that we start to feel wane off as we start to get older, uh, that doesn't have to be that way. And we can really, really reverse a lot of those things by just taking a break from food and, and embracing everything throughout our day and taking advantage of the time and the resources that we'll have available when we're not constantly bogged down by our next meal. I love this. So this entire podcast is about not doing something. I mean, that's yes. basically what it is. And that I just want to make that abundantly clear because so many people think that a diet, which by the way, the word diet is literally what you put in your body. It's not a fad. It's not a cabbage soup thing. I hate that the, the, the term diet has become 
oh, you must be wanting to lose weight. No, it's just whatever you consume. That is your yeah. diet. Maybe you it have really, a fast food diet, but that's a diet. Yeah. And it really should be nutrition. Like mm. how, how, what nutritional lifestyle are you living or what nutritional choices that are you making? Because that diet, it just changes like your whole like physical being. Like we just cringe because we know we've always been on one that was bad. So really even changing the words that we use around the lifestyle that we're creating and how are you feasting? Like a feast sounds so delightful mm. and a diet is something that we dread. So we really do talk in terms of your fasting window and your feasting window and then the, the food choices that you make that really do let you look and feel your best. I love this. I love this. Well, I am excited for everyone that listens to this to really get to know my friend, Di, who a lot of people, by the way, call Dr. Ann because yes. her name is D-Y Ann. <laughs> and it is Diane. It's not Dr. Ann, but I like to call her Dr. Ann just to mess with her. Um, but I hope that you, how can people find you on social media? They can find me uh, by my name on YouTube. I do a lot of teaching on YouTube about the concepts of intermittent fasting and a lot of the mindset shifts that we have to make. Um, on Instagram, I'm for today's aging woman with an underscore between the words. Um, and then on uh, Facebook, I'm by my name as well, Diane Parham. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Um, I know I didn't take away from a meal, but... <laughs> But I'm so glad we got to connect and uh, Diane is just such an awesome person. And I hope I get to see you later this year. I think I will. Yeah, we will. For sure. Yeah, we're definitely yeah. going to see each other. We'll do nothing together. Yes, that's right. We will drink water and our <laughs> nitro brew coffee together. Oh, exactly. Good and do stuff. a fasted workout. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. All right. Well, I thank you so much. And oh, I know you. my listeners will be excited to hear all this and learn more. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.